0: I just want to take this moment and and just kind of reflect on, uh, for a quick minute, uh, on this year of 2017. And for some of us, it's been an amazing year. For some of us, we're ready to forget it. Um... You know, whether things have happened personally in our lives this past year or the struggles or circumstances, or maybe because just our, our world is a hot mess sometimes, or at least that's the way that news kind of um, showcases it, and so we're, we're just ready for good things for 2018. We're just, you know, let's start right now. <laughs> Why wait till 12? Um, I, I believe... Um, you know, as, to, as 2017, it's about to end, you know, I've taken some time just to kind of reflect on this past year for, for me personally and for us as a family. You know, my wife, uh, my two kids, um, David and Rudy, who also happens to be my dog. Um, you know, there, there's been some ups and been downs. There's been some, some new things that we've experienced in life. Uh, you, know, we, you know, we're, we're expecting uh, another child. We're, we're, uh, thank you. It's a boy, yeah! And for all of you that tried to condemn me, saying it was a girl, shame on you. Uh, the Lord has shown me favor. Um, you know, we we uh, we experienced see, seen a lot of uh, growth in our youth ministry. <laughs> My wife is shaking her head at me. You know, we, we, we purchased our first house, and, and, and um, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe you've been in this stage before, but when you purchase that, that house for the very first time, and you're thinking, wow, it's like, we're going to do all these great things, and all these projects, and we're going to accomplish it all in the first week. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, almost a year later, and we still haven't finished painting, and <laughs> there's things falling off the ceiling, and... I don't even want to talk about what's happening outside the house, but it's all good because we still accomplished something that we never thought we ever do and purchase a house and all these things. And, and it's like, I I, I look back uh, at, at 2017 and I, I don't know if you're like me when 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 you reflect after a year, it's like, man, there's so many other things I wanted to do. There's so many other things I wanted to accomplish. Uh, and, and I think a lot of times what, we all experience uh, when we take this time to reflect is that there's never enough time. There's never enough time. There's never enough time to do what we want to do, or there's never enough time in a day or in a week uh, just, to, just to experience new things and, and to see the things that we want to do. And, and today I want, I want us to f- focus on the statement, time matters. Can you say that back to me? Time matters. Thank you. I just want to make sure that you're awake too. If The person that's sleeping next to you, just nudge them. Um, it's the one thing. Time is the one thing That when it's gone, you never get back. It's the one thing that once it's gone, you never get back. Time matters because matters of time are matters of eternity. And there is an urgency to this thing we are doing. This thing, uh, more than just what we're calling church. This thing uh, in joining together in a community of following Christ. There's an urgency to it. Because we know how busy life gets. We know even when we're unbusy. And we're like, oh, we have some free time. Or, oh, hey, we have things that open up. Immediately, it gets filled. <laughs> even when we try to plan for to take rest and to slow down, the unexpected happens. And boom, we immediately become busy again. And that time that we thought we had, we no longer have. I think, you know, to, to really describe the nature of time is that it's limited. It's limited. And we don't know how much time that we have, but we do know that time is constantly passing and that once the clock jumps ahead, we can't get those minutes back. How, how many of us in this room, and let's be honest, you know, we, we take as many opportunities as we can to hit the snooze button in the morning, because we know that sleep is so precious and we need it. Especially if you have young toddlers or infants and sleep becomes a whole different monster that you never get enough of but you constantly are in desire of. And I want us to be able to focus and understand what we're talking about today when we bring up time. I'm talking about creating intentional time built into the rhythm of our family life, our family lifestyles for the purpose of thinking about and talking about and living out the gospel, living out the very word of God. It's being intentional about it. If you're following along with me today, I want to encourage you to open up the Bible, maybe the Bible that you brought today, or the Bible that's in front of you, or uh, if you're uh, up with culture and you got a smartphone and you want to open up your Bible app, uh, I want you to open up and go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And today, uh, as we go through uh, this conversation, I want to encourage you to take notes, and um, I'm a note taker. You know, I I got ADD and half the time I can't remember anything. Uh, And so taking notes for me, it's super helpful. Uh, So I don't know what helps you, but I want to encourage you to, as you get busy at some point uh, in 2018, because it's going to happen. It's not a matter if it's a matter of when, you know, I want you to reflect on God's word and God's encouragement as we go through this passage today regarding our time, because time matters. And so if you're with me, we're going to be in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 4, and it says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. If you want to effectively use the time that God has given you to know him more and to lead and to disciple your family more in pursuing Christ and be in the will of God, I want you to really reflect on what this verse is saying. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 6, this passage, this passage, God is speaking to his people. He's speaking to the Israelites and its direction and how to use their time and how true does this fall upon us today as Christ followers cultures can be radically different but the message stays true to this day if we if there's a way to reword What this passage is talking about, to be exactly for where our culture is right now and for the direction that we're heading, I believe it would say this that you and I, we should be cultivating a heart that loves Jesus Christ. You and I, we should be cultivating a heart that loves Jesus Christ. Let me say it one more time, just in case for those that haven't heard it yet. You and I, we should be cultivating a heart that loves Jesus Christ. This is what we are to give ourselves over to in cultivating a heart that loves Jesus Christ. Parents in the room, where are the parents? Whether you have a three-month-old or a 30-year-old or however, how are you cultivating a a heart that loves Jesus Christ for your household? for your children, for your children's children. Elders of the church, maybe you have been members of this church since this church began. How are you cultivating a heart that loves Jesus Christ for every new person and every new family that walks into this building? Students in this room, students, where are you at? That's why, you, 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 no hands, it's just like, mm. <laughs> Students, listen to this. How are you cultivating a heart that loves Jesus Christ to your peers, to your sports team, to your school campus? I have to ask myself this Mike, how am I cultivating a heart that loves Jesus Christ for my household, for my church? for the ministries I serve in, for the people I interact with. See, this isn't a question that just a pastor that gives to uh, the people. This is a message for every single one of us in this room this morning. And 2017, it's about to be over, and there are things that we have looked at. It's like, man, I wish I could have done different, or like, hey, I like that. But we're heading into this brand new year of 2018, and I want to ask this question. With the time that we are given, how are we cultivating a heart that loves Jesus Christ? Now, if we can be completely honest with ourselves, and I'm going to be the first one to be honest with you, I am so, so imperfect to this. I will be the first one to admit that I fail at this. There are times, there are days, and my goodness, if I can be even more honest, there may be weeks to where I don't feel like I'm cultivating a heart that loves Jesus Christ. but I'm very thankful for the grace of God. <laughs> that he loves me despite my faults, despite my weaknesses, despite when I put other things before him. He still shows me grace. He still shows me forgiveness. He still shows me favor. And he still calls me to a purpose that is great and that is good. This verse, this passage, is our primary place of operating. Now, these next couple of verses that we're about to follow, this focuses more on the practical. And this focuses more on what we are called to be doing. And what I love about this passage that we're about to read, it meets us exactly where we're at. See, this is how, how you know how great God is. He meets you exactly where you're at in life. It says in verse 7, it says, impress them. This cultivating a heart to love Jesus Christ, impress that on your children. Talk about when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie it as symbols on your hands and bind it on your foreheads. Write it on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Basically, he's saying, don't ever quit pursuing it. Don't ever quit speaking it. Don't ever quit living it. If you literally have to write it on your forehead just so that you don't forget it, because let's be honest, we are the selfie generation. So every time you're going to be taking a selfie, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cultivate a heart that loves Jesus Christ. If you wrote down your forehead backwards and you can read it every time you take a selfie, God bless you. Um, I want us to understand when it comes to time, because time matters, when it comes to time and to God's will for us, God isn't asking us or requiring us to add more stuff to do in our life. Don't you, don't you think God knows that we're busy? Don't you think God knows that we got a lot on our plate? So it's not a matter that God is requiring us to, to add more on our plates or add more stuff for us to do. But what He is saying is that we rather to reorganize our lives around the will of God. It's not to add more, but to reorganize, to reprioritize our lives around the will of God. It's not like do what you do, and then on top of that, add these things, rather than let these things be woven into what you're already doing. For every parent in this room, parents, I want you to understand something. I fight for you. We as a church, we fight for you. And I, I, I want every person and every parent in this room to understand this. Like I said, if you're a parent of a three-month-old to a 30-year-old, maybe you, you, your kids, you, they already have their own families. But the one thing I've always noticed, parents, you never stop being a parent. You're always parenting your kids. I'm 32 years old, and my mom's still trying to parent me. I've just come to learn to accept that because she's a parent. As parents, that's what you do. But parents, I want you to walk out encouraged today. Encouraged to know that you can do this. Not only can you do this, but you can rock this. You, you can take the time in reading God's word as a family, you can take the time in praying together, you can take the time in leading your children where they're three months old now and they're not even talking actual words to the moment that they have their own kids, you are still their number one spiritual influencer. And you always will be. But you have to be able to take the time for you yourself cultivate a heart that loves Jesus Christ and to model it for them. Part of our family discipleship foundation is built on this time. And it's not something that we have to try to create. The time is already there. It's just a matter of if we're going to take the choice to use the time for God's will. Time matters, and it matters to God, and it needs to matter to us on how we will pursue in using this time. Are we going to use this time wisely and use it to glorify God? Or are we going to use it on things that end up being meaningless? Because remember, time is one of the things that we will never get back. And so I want to encourage you today just in three different areas. I'm a very practical person. So, so these practical steps, all right, how can we make the best of our time going into 2018? How can we use this time to uh, lead our spouse or to lead our families or to or lead the people around us? What can we do differently going into 2018? And so the first thing is this, be consistent with your time. Be consistent with your time. I believe this is where a lot of us fail well, I think we're, a lot of us fall short sometimes in being consistent. And I, I know at this time we, we try to start a lot of New Year's resolutions, uh, you know, because at the end of new year we kind of look back, man, I wish I could have done this differently. Oh, hey, brand new year, new day, woo, new year, going to do this. And if you're like myself and we say, it's like, hey, I'm going to eat differently, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to do that. And three weeks in, it no longer <laughs> becomes a priority. I get in this habit where I say I'm going to do something, and then therefore I I begin to start off well, but then for whatever reason, I I lose the desire to keep that self-control, and then it becomes the excuse game to where I say, okay, after the holidays. Okay, after the weekend. The weekend's a cheat day. It's two days. Or, <laughs> it's a Monday, I just, I, I'll start on Tuesday. <laughs> or, it's just been a stressful day. You know, we, we make these excuses, and, and it's because we're not seeing the results that we would like to see. And so then we begin to question, man, is this, is this worth putting the time and the effort? And we hardly even give up a fight. But we have to remain consistent. And the same thing when it happens with our New Year's resolutions or with our dieting or whatever, uh, the same thing applies to our spiritual growth and and our growth in in the direction that God is taking us. I believe no human being ever, no human being ever, it doesn't matter how old you are or it doesn't matter how long you've been in church, it doesn't matter how many times you're repping Jesus Christ on social media, no human being ever needs to be told something once and they'll remember it. And you'll never have to say it again. Let me, let me, let me say this. I, it doesn't work that way. How, how many times you said to your child, oh, hey, do not put that in the middle of the floor for people to walk in. Can you pick it up and put it where it needs to be? And then this big giant light bulb goes off in their head. Oh, okay, I'll never put it there again. <laughs> no kid would ever do that. Because it needs consistency. They need to hear it constantly over and over again. It's more like this. Hey, don't forget, put the toilet seat down when you're finished. Oh, hey, hey, I saw you use the bathroom again. Can you remember to put the toilet seat down? Hey, next time you use the bathroom, can you remember to flush and put the toilet seat down? <laughs> and it becomes over and over and over again. Sometimes you feel like you're taking crazy pills because it goes, hey! Bro, that's holy, put the... You know, like like craziness just comes over you. (laughs) But it's consistent. It's over and over and over and over and over again that we have to constantly speak the same thing. Spiritual conversations are not one-offs. They're consistent, and we're consistently having these conversations. If you you parent... If you... uh, been parenting either for long or, or for a bit. You're, you've probably had conversations with your kids already. You've you probably actually established consistency in having conversations with your kids, and maybe about their grades, maybe about school, maybe about work, maybe about sports. And you're constantly having these conversations. Maybe maybe it's in the car, or at the dinner table, or in the house, or wherever you go. You've already established consistent conversations. But most consistently, those conversations need to be about the things of God. We need to prioritize what that conversation is about. And here's the thing. I'm not here to, if your kid is heavily involved in sports, I'm not here to bash you for making them involved in sports. That's awesome. My kid's going to be the next UFC champion, I'm telling you. And it's like, I'm training him now. I've actually had to stop because he was starting to put kids in, like, chokeholds at daycare. Um <laughs> But it's like I, I I want to invest in my kid to, to, to be involved, but that can't be the most important conversation that we're having. God's will and what our life in Jesus looks like needs to take priority in our consistent conversations. Now, if if you if you haven't established having consistent conversations and getting into the Word, getting into the Bible, maybe as a family, it's not too late to start. It doesn't mean that you have to create a, a sacred night at like 724 p.m. every night, shut all the doors, all the windows, and get in like a, one room and say, like, all right, we're going to talk about Jesus for the next eight hours and seven minutes. You know, it's doesn't have to be like that. If you, if you don't have kids, maybe it's just you and your spouse and your significant other. It doesn't mean that you have to like sit across from each other, like in a dim lit room, like holding each other's elbows and just saying scripture to each other as you look into each other's eyes. It, it doesn't, it, see, I'm, I'm not saying you have to like go so technically about it. Now listen, if you have established that sacred time already, I'm not here to bash you. I actually props to you because most humans that I know are not on that level. And I'm talking about myself, you know, to where we've established that time. But if you're thinking, it's like, okay, I need to create this this sacred time. Guarantee, if you try to go in with that mentality, it's going to be every Monday night, or it's going to be like every Tuesday at at this time. Most of the time, the universe just happens, and life happens, and, and practices come, and work comes, and the unexpected, and all those things fight against that time that you tried to put together on that sacred night. So I just want to encourage, it doesn't have to be that, that technical, but if we can say, okay, hey, let, let's be consistent. Let's say uh, every, every night before we all go to bed, we're, we're going to pray together. Or like, or like every day, hey, like, let's, let's get together for breakfast and, and just take five, ten minutes just to read Scripture together. Or just take 10, 15 minutes out of the week, hey, this Thursday, I don't think anybody's doing anything. Let's just talk about what God is doing in our lives how would that change the lifestyle of your household? How would the culture around you change by just being consistent? Now, parents, I, I, am, I am my worst critic, and so I'm super hard on myself when I don't see results. But you just have to be able to trust God in the process. So as I'm trying to not be so hard on myself, I'm going to encourage the same thing. Don't be so hard on yourself if you're not seeing specific results, but trust that God is doing something. He's preparing something great through you. You just have to take the choice to be consistent. We have to be consistent with our time. We have to, be, um, we have, to have clarity with our time. We have to have clarity. And I get it. I know for me, one of my biggest struggles is communication. And so I know there's been a lot of times in, in our in, um, my relationship with my wife, I, I either didn't communicate something properly or I didn't communicate something at all. In my mind, I did. You know, it's like I had this full-blown conversation. I remember exactly what I said. I remember how she responded. But it actually never actually happened in reality. And then we wonder, it's like, what happened? You know, it's – I. I understand that there's going to be times that there's going to be lack of communication or or that we don't take the proper time to uh, make something clear. Most of the time, you know, because of our busy schedules and time is so precious, we just assume certain things. And when we assume certain things and we move forward and then there's that lack of clarity, it creates confusion. And confusion will lead to frustration. Frustration will lead to division. And, and it just becomes a, a, a sloppy mess. And so as we go into this in this new year, I want to encourage us to bring clarity. If we want to see spiritual growth and if we want to lead our family in spiritual discipleship, we have to ask clear questions to each other. Questions that are going to be able to uh, get us <laughs> to a certain direction. I'll say this. Yes or no questions will not get you anywhere. Yes or no questions will only get you yes or no answers, if that. Sometimes they just grunt. Did you have a good day? (laughs) It's like if you have a teenage boy, that's probably what you get a lot. But be able to ask open-ended questions because open-ended questions are at least going to get you somewhere. You know, there's... um. There's a, a great uh, theologist that, that asks a great question. I think his name is Dr. Phil. Um, he, uh, I'm, just, I'm just joking. Um, he asks the question, well, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Now, I already know what's beginning to happen. Wives, you're sitting there, you're thinking, if I even tried to ask my husband that, what he feels, he wouldn't even know how to answer Men, you're beginning to panic inside. Your palms are getting a little sweaty because your wife just used the F word, feel. <laughs> I, for so long, I've always said, it's like I don't have feelings. <laughs> so I don't need to process anything. Wrong! <laughs> Why does it hurt so much? That's called feelings. <laughs> If we get to a place that we can have this open conversation, wives, maybe you just have to change the wording to the question, hey, tell me more about this. You know. And, and, and men, um, we have to process outwardly the things that we're thinking and the things that we're feeling because that's, that's our spouse. And, and, and God has brought our spouse into our lives to help us process those things. The spouse that God has brought in your life is there to help you. And I'm not just talking guys now. I'm talking wives and husbands. You know, God's brought you into each other's life to be able to grow. And to, and to grow, you have to be able to open up and be able to process things. Because once you start closing things off, once again, it leads down that road that's going to eventually lead to division. We have to have clarity. There has to be openness. And clarity takes time. We need consistency, we need clarity. And the last one is this. We need to counsel with the time that we have. We have to seek counsel. The ultimate goal is that we, as households and as families, we dominate family discipleship. But for, for us to do that, we need to seek counsel. We need to seek counsel. And, and while why I'm using the word counsel, I'm, I'm basically talking to advise, to, to guide, to lead. And so let me ask this question. With the time that God has presented to us, to our families, how are we guiding each other closer to Jesus? Husbands, how are you leading your wife to know Jesus more? Wives, how are you advising your husbands to be more like Christ? Parents, how are you guiding and leading your children? to be encouraged and to be impacted by the will of God? How are we as a church, are we counseling each other to be a reflection of the body of Christ? We need to be able to seek counsel. And these are some heavy questions I'm asking. These are questions I don't like asking Because it means I have to be able to get deep. And nobody got time for that. But if we want to see the very best of what God has for us, if we want to experience the greatest year up to this point in our spiritual growth and over our household and over our marriages and over our relationships, how are we seeking counsel? Are we taking the opportunities to reach out to the resources that God has made available to us? One of the things that I thought is really neat is, like, if you have a a child that's in in our kids' ministry, you know, from, like, nursery nursery age all the way up to, like, fifth grade, I think, um, you know, every week they have that take-home sheet that's going to ask follow-up questions and it's going to explain what your, your, your children are, are being taught and, and, and the, the scriptures that they're getting into each and every week. Boom, there's a resource that, that's going to lead us to counsel well and to use the time effectively you know, for our, our, our student ministry, we, we try to provide uh, weekly devotions and, and, and through the small groups be able to provide encouragement and texts to where, you know, no matter what's happening in life, because we know life gets crazy and life gets busy, but that we can just be able to keep our focus on God. And also, we try to provide resources and follow-up questions for the parents every week. Boom! God's provided a resource to counsel and to model well. If you're an adult, the, the, the church has uh, the discipleship classes and the life groups and the interest groups. Basically, there's God has provided so much through the church that can meet every single one of us exactly where we're at. But are we taking the opportunity to grab hold of the resource that's been made available to us? Or are we just marking off Sunday mornings as, our, as we're completing our to-do list? Spiritual growth and spiritual discipleship doesn't just happen one day a week. If we want to see growth and and experience all that God offers us, we have to make sure that we're pursuing it every day, every moment. Time matters. So how will you glorify God with the time that he's given you? These are three unique areas that we just covered to help understand and help to take steps to utilize the time that God's given us. Our time does matter and our time matters to God. And God's message through his son, Jesus Christ, can be somewhat simply to have a desire to know him personally, make him known to the world. But it's going to take intentional, consistent, purposeful action on our part to see it through. I want to close out with one more passage to to kind of bring all this in together. It says in Hebrews in chapter 10, starting in verse 19, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. My prayer as we head into 2018 is that we take hold of our faith and we run wild with it. That's pretty radical. That's pretty extreme. To take our faith and run wild with it, He's I actually got to do something. Yeah. God didn't make life in him available to us just for us to be on the sidelines, just for us to be mediocre and complacent. And just to live this busy life, just to make excuses, just to live selfishly, God God created a way for us to be with him. For us to experience all that he has, but it takes action on our part. And listen, we're going to wrap up here in like, four or five more minutes we're gonna close out with a song and we're gonna pray and then you're gonna go in your cars and you're probably gonna go to the store to get some stuff for tonight and then you know you're gonna party and celebrate woo and then you're gonna just go to sleep and you're some of you may have to work tomorrow some of you're gonna sleep in some of you can't sleep in because you got a toddler um and, and 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 you're just gonna go about your day and you're gonna go about your week but this is a new year. So what are we going to do differently? Are we just going to say these things? Or are we actually going to do something? Are we just going to say that we have faith in God? Are we just going to say that we're Christ followers? Or are we going to live it? Like you don't understand my circumstances. You don't understand what I'm going through. You're probably right. I may not. But God does. And God still Gives you purpose and God still calls you to greatness, that He's not going to allow the unexpected things to us be the hindrance of what He wants to accomplish in His and through His people and through His creation and in this world. But we have to be able to seek Him, we have to be able to trust in Him, we have to be able to put action to our faith and to take the time that He's given us and use it wisely use it to glorify him use it to make him known my greatest fear is that we become stuck going into 2018 and and letting 2018 pass by and, and not using this time wisely because we allowed the enemy t- to take away from what he wants to accomplish through us. He wants to use the repetition of misplaced loves. You know, I said before, you know, students, pursuing to have a job, pursuing to play sports, pursuing, you know, having good grades, none of that stuff is bad. Parents, I'm not here to tell, oh, your kid needs to, no, I'm, I'm not here to say that. But the moment that we invest all of our time and all of our effort into something that at the end of our life is going to be meaningless, then what will our life have to show for it? Because here's the thing. What you love most is what you're going to fill your time with. We're going to allow the repetition of of. Misplaced loves eat up our time. We're going to allow the lack of intentionality to take away our time in pursuing God. We're going to allow the non-present presence. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all, I'm going to check an email and then like 40 minutes later, you're still watching the same cat fail video on YouTube. You're going to allow all these things to eat up and take away the time that God has given us to know Him more, the time that He's given us to model His love in our household, the time that He's given us to change our community and to change our world. So here's how I want to close out. I, I, I want us to sing uh, that chorus of "Be Thou My Vision." And, and, and when we say these words, can you put those words up there? When, when we speak these words out, don't, don't just say them because that's what's on the screen, uh, but that's because what I'm asking you to do. I want you to speak these words out as what you're declaring for what God to do in your life in 2018. To be my guide, to be my sight, my very vision as I, as I wake up each and every single day. Will I choose to live the day for myself or because of the things I have to do? Or will I live my day waking up and saying, God, be God in my life. Be Lord over all. Every opportunity that you present to me, may your will be done and may not mine. God wants to accomplish so much through us, but we have to make that decision. We have to make that choice. And listen, today may, maybe you're feeling convicted or maybe you're even feeling paralyzed. I want to encourage every one of us this morning. Maybe you're looking at 2017 it's like, I failed, I failed, I failed. Listen, today is a new day. Tomorrow is a new day. We don't have to wait for a brand new year to see a new you. But starts how we choose to live the day for God.